joy and we're talking about grief, but the truth of the matter is, friends, it is in grief that we often find joy, and it is in joy, it is in joy that we remember that our grief is very real to God. It's okay in our humanity to hold both of those at the same time. But I also wonder if sometimes we forget what joy actually is. Over the years, this new age way of thinking has taken the word joy and taken the word happiness and put them together and made them synonyms of each other and, and, and conflated them into this idea that you gotta be happy. I mean, wasn't it in the movie Pollyanna where they played the glad game? And she talked about, think of things that make you glad. And it was almost like this forcing yourself to be glad, forcing yourself to smile. And in a lot of, and in a lot of ways, that is a good thing, friends. That's a good thing because we are told throughout scripture, including in, to, in today's passage from Thessalonians, that we must give thanks in all circumstances. Continue to give thanks even when it's difficult. Give thanks even when you're happy, even when you're sad, even when you're everything in between. But a lot of times we do sometimes tell ourselves, I've just got to get happy and I've got to move forward and I've got to put this behind me. And what we are reminded of in the scriptures today and what this candle reminds us of is that, first of all, joy is very different from that. And that is the fact that when you follow Jesus, you've always got joy. There is a little flame of joy inside of every person who follows Jesus. Life circumstances can sometimes make that candle grow dim. And it can make us feel like we don't have, it, it can make us feel like darkness is all around. And some of us may be going through that dark time now. Some of us may be full of light today. But the thing is, friends, we don't have to force ourselves to be happy. That is not what Jesus asks of us. What he does ask of us, what he does ask of us is this, though. Don't forget your joy. Don't forget that I am your joy. Don't forget that any joy you experience comes from knowing me. And he is with us in the midst of our grief. And he is with us in the form of joy. It's sometimes we may not feel it, we may not see it. But the spark is always there. And the book of Nehemiah is a famous scripture that is cross-stitched on pillows and painted on walls. And, um, and it always cracks me up when I see that because it is a great scripture. But, it, but if everybody knew the whole story of what was behind that scripture, they would want to put the whole story on their wall. And that scripture is, the joy of the Lord will be your strength. The joy of the Lord will be your strength. Well, that came from Nehemiah being really, really upset with the circumstances that he was in. He was not happy, and those who were, he, who were with him were not happy because the temple that they loved was having to be rebuilt, and the Lord was giving them instructions on how to do that, and it was going to take time, and it was going to be difficult, and they were walking through tremendous grief and tremendous loss and tremendous uncertainty, but they were told the joy of the Lord is what will strengthen than you and it is what will get you through and we experience friends when we can't feel that joy for ourselves when we know it's with us when we know it's in us but it's so hard to be joyful when we're going through that time that is where the joy the, the, the strength the, the joy of the Lord being our strength comes through the Lord that we experience through one another in the body of Christ as we shared in earlier in the liturgy we rejoice with those who rejoice and we weep with those who weep those of us who are struggling to rejoice, let the one who's able to rejoice encourage them and bring and help to hold them up. When Paul is writing to the church in Thessalonica, and just as a little background for this, Paul is writing them, and this is a book of a letter of encouragement. He's basically saying, let's let's just reduce it to this. Paul's saying, and hang in there, guys. You're gonna get through this. Hang in there. 
and lean on each other. Hang in there, lean on each other. Because the Thessalonians, are, are in, the, the Christians in Thessalonica are in a culture and in a world where they are in the minority. They're having to worship Jesus in secret. They don't have the liturgy that we have. They don't have the hymns that we have. They don't have everything, that the, a building like we have. They're meeting in these small houses and in these small congregations and in these small gatherings. And they know they're starting something amazing. They know Jesus is starting something new and great among them, but it's hard to imagine what that temple of the Lord looks like because it's so new, it's so fresh, and they are undergoing tremendous persecution at the same time. And Paul is a guy who, as you, if you read Paul's letters, you see that he is very blunt. He addresses the issues that are going on, the theological issues. He addresses the social issues, issues around sin, issues around, uh, around holiness. He addresses them head on. But one thing I love about Paul, he's like that disciplinarian of a parent who, tell, who will tell the child, you do not do this, or will say no to that, but then he immediately says, but let me tell you what you can do. Let me tell you what you're doing right. He, he's very blunt with them, and this, but then he's also very encouraging to them, and that's what Paul is doing in this ending to the, to the letter that he sends to the Thessalonians. He's saying, you're doing a great job. Here are some things you need to change, but let me leave you with these words of blessing. It's significant that we end every worship service blessing each other because in the scriptures that is something we see over and over the last thing jesus did before he ascended into heaven he blessed the disciples they were grieving at that time friends they were scared they didn't know what was going on there were 11 of them there had been 12 of them but judas was gone and so there were only 11 of them he's risen he's been teaching them and now he says i'm going away again of course they didn't know what was going to happen but jesus basically said to them I will be with you, I am blessing you, and I bless you to go forth and do what it is that you are called to do. And that is what Paul is saying to the Thessalonians. He is blessing them. And I love if you look in verse 23 of today's passage, look at how Paul describes God when he blesses them. He doesn't say, may the God of love. He doesn't say, may the almighty, all-powerful, omnipotent God give you this. He doesn't refer to God as Jehovah Jireh or Yahweh or any of those names in the Old Testament. No, listen, in verse 23, he says, may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. And may your spirit, soul, and body be kept sound. Do you hear what Paul is saying there? He's saying, look, first of all, turn to the God of peace. I'm blessing you with the words of the God of peace. And he says here that he will make us whole and holy and blameless, blameless in spirit, soul, and body. We come to church often and we hear about, when we come to church, we hear about taking care of our spirit, right? We talk about how to hear from the Holy Spirit, how God ministers to our spirit, that place that connects us to him. We hear about the soul. We hear about how God loves our minds and he takes care of us. But did you know that God wants you to have peace in your body too? And some of you are thinking, hallelujah, I've got this ache and I've got that pain and I've got this, um, and I've got this going on and that. But, but Paul is reminding us here, Paul desires uh, that God desires us to be whole in all parts of our being. And not only is he saying, I bless you with peace in your body, your soul, and your spirit, he's telling the gathering of people, remember, you are the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit is in your spirit as a church. The Holy Spirit is in your soul, in the seat of your emotions. He is saying to them, I have given you the God of peace. You have experienced the God of peace. And even though we may not always feel the peace of God, we may not always feel the joy of the Lord, 
it is what strengthens and encourages us. A few verses back from this, the passage we read today began with this command from verse 16. Rejoice always. Rejoice always. Now, rejoice always is one of those phrases like calm down. I saw a quotation. I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I saw something on Facebook recently, a quotation, which is always dangerous to quote what you see on Facebook, but this was good. It said, in the history of telling people to calm down, nobody has ever calmed down by being told to calm down. There is something about being told, just calm down or get over it or these, these phrases that we see. Rejoice, it makes us almost mad sometimes, like the thing you're telling me to do, it's hard for me to do. And when we are grieving, when we are uncertain, when we are fearful, to be told, rejoice always, give thanks, rejoice always, that's something that can make us, make us shrink away. But what Paul is saying here, that word that he uses for rejoice, is also translated encourage, always. Encourage, always. What Paul is not asking that in the midst of whatever we're going through that we stop and sing hallelujah every five minutes. If you want to do that, great. Please do that. He is worthy of all praise, and we want that kind of joy. And if you are feeling that joy, then we need to rejoice like that. But if you're in a place where you're not, then what Paul is asking of us is to encourage each other, to always be encouraging one another, sparking the joy in one another by loving each other, by reaching out to each other, by being kind to each other, and by being the, and by the God of peace making us the body of Christ that we're called to be. So when Paul is saying rejoice always, he's saying encourage one another. Throughout Thessalonians, there are two things that Paul says are the purpose of this letter, to comfort those he is writing and to encourage those he is writing. What is it we sing about in the song, Oh, God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Comfort and joy. We should have sung that this week. I think we're singing it in two weeks. But that comfort and joy, that is what we are called into, friends. That joy comes in the comfort. And it's not this ooey-gooey feeling of happiness that the world would try to have us believe that something that you get with more money, more gifts, more of everything. No, the joy of the Lord is that which enlivens us. It's what energizes us, and it comes through encouraging one another. It comes from rejoicing, as Paul goes on to say, praying without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I want to encourage you as we go through this Christmas season and into the new year. I'll be talking about this more after the new year. The two words that the Lord keeps giving me for this church as we move into 2024 are gratitude and generosity. Gratitude and generosity. And what Paul is saying here is this is a way you can be grateful as a church. This is a way that you can be generous as a church. Love each other right where you are. Bless each other right where you are. Do not quench the spirit, as he goes on to say. Do not despise prophecies. Turn away from what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. And friends, the good that Paul is talking about there is exactly what we are doing. It is exactly what we are called to do, to love each other, to love the God who is for us. And we, as we remember that God is for us, he, we remember... He's called us to be there for each other. Anyone who's gone through any kind of grief, which means everybody in this room is who I'm talking to, one of the best things, whether you knew it at the time or not, one of the best things that we can do for each other, and I know I've preached on this a thousand times, 
and you can't say it enough, one of the best things we can do for each other is to be there for each other, is to sit with each other in the ashes as God turns it into beauty, to sit there in the morning as he turns it into dancing. We don't have to constantly be pulling each other up. Sometimes the best thing that we can do to rejoice with each other, to be present to each other, is simply to be with each other and to love one another where we are. Friends, we're not called to transform each other. Only Jesus can transform hearts. Only Jesus can change minds. And only Jesus can break down mindsets that have no place in the body of Christ. Only he can do that. But he does that through us. He chose to come, God chose to come among us and, and to find a way for us to experience that transforming power. And it happens in the way we love each other. And we can't help but have joy when we have love, right? We can't help but experience God's joy when we are among those that we love. Paul is writing to this church saying, he who called you is faithful. He's the one who will do this. What God has in store for your life as an individual, what God has in store for our congregation, he is doing it. He is the one who is faithful. He has brought us this far. He has brought you this far. He will not abandon you. He is for you. He is for you. And so as he is for us and for our good, let us be there for each other by being good to each other. Let us love one another with the love that came from Calvary. And let us not cease to give thanks in this season. Let us not cease to be generous with our words, with our actions, and especially with our presence as we are simply with each other in the good times and the bad. Today, may the spark of joy be relit in us. May we, like the sound of the little children and the voices of the children we have heard today, may that same passionate joy of a child, curiosity of a child, beauty of a child be birthed in all of us. May it spill out in the ways we live and in the ways we love. So let us, under the banner of the God of peace, go forth in his joy today to be there for him as he is there for us and each other. And may he receive the glory with the Son and the Holy Spirit, the blessed three in one, now and forever. Amen.